Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How you doing tonight, Catherine? Doing so great. Happy to be here, hanging out, finally. Taping this Wednesday night, November 1st. It's episode 123 of The Long Finish. One, two, three. One, two, three. It's that simple. What's not simple is our schedule right now. It's crazy. Our life is like logistical nightmare. We tried to tape an episode last week. Kids got in the way. I did tape about three or four minutes of the episode. Maybe at the end of the year, I will send out the episode that we tried to make. It would have been just fun for about 20 seconds, and then everyone would have just shut it down. Basically, our son, our two-year-old, was trying to to be on the show with us. We tried to make it happen while he was walking around us. Didn't work. So we took the week off. We're back. And we're talking about a wine that we had last week. But the wine is so good that we wanted to make sure that people knew about it. I did not want to skip it. I think the wine is so good. I think the reason for the wine is good. So this is the Bridge, B-R-I-J, Bridge Rosé of Grenache. This is from San Luis Obispo County, California. Vintage 2022. A delicious, delicious rosé. Was excited by the label because it sort of was like, ooh, girl in a field, looks a little spooky. Maybe we'll have this right before Halloween. Good thing we had already done the orange wine for Halloween. But it's like we have some really warm days here in LA right now. And the rosé for us was perfect. I'm sorry to say that for those of you that are buried in snow. I see you, Chicago. But but maybe you can cozy up by the fire with an, a nice cold glass of rosé too. There's always a reason to drink something refreshing. We wanted to have this wine also because we wanted to talk about something that scared Catherine in the wine world. From the past, and really, we were trying to make this work, but really, Grenache is a grape that you have been challenged by. I've had a journey with it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a lot of people have a variety or a region that they're like, nope, don't do it. I've heard so many times a guest come in and be like, no Chardonnay for me. No. You know, you just have these kind of principles. And for me, for years, that was Grenache red Grenache specifically, I would get one whiff of it and I just, I couldn't take it. I thought, oh, that's macerated strawberry and I have no interest in that wine. I think it was the high intensity red fruitiness of it, that strawberry thing. Grenache tends to be a little higher in alcohol, not high in tannin, varies on acidity depending on where it's from. And it just didn't do it for me. But for some reason, after having children, being pregnant, I got into it. Maybe it's that. Also, maybe people, winemakers, are just getting really good at making it. There's that too. Now, of course, I'm never going to turn my nose up at Chateau Reyes, the like incredible Chateauneuf de Pop producer that's 100% Grenache. Sure, that never, <laughs> that was never on the Grenache radar, because that's Chateauneuf de Pop. But some just, you know, Tuesday night Grenache, I just couldn't do it. This is different. This is rosé. So it's just two hours on the skins, a light touch. And the texture of this wine is kind of everything. Really, really beautiful. It's that pale pink color, just that 
touch of skin. It's pressed right into barrel, which gives it so much texture, unfined, unfiltered, native yeast, a very much an alive wine. And so complex and so... You're going right into it. I'm sorry. Just get right into it. Let's do it then. It was really complex. It was really... It's just such a a serious rosé in the terms of it gives more and more every sip. But of course, it has that stewed strawberry, but there's also kind of like... um, this herbaceousness, there's a plumminess, um, maybe a little blood orange, and a floral note. And it just keeps giving and giving. And it's still refreshing. Even if you're not paying attention to any of those notes, it's like, who cares? It's it's delicious. It's refreshing. You can also just take it at face value. And that's lovely. It was a great wine. We'll get into the winemaker in a second. But Rajpar doesn't make bad wines. No argument. Yeah. No argument here. It's some good stuff. Now, this is November 1st, which means that last night was Halloween. Was there any rosé or grenache in your trick-or-treat bag this morning? No. No? That is not a candy. Well, unless you're having grenache from maybe in dessert wine form from a little region called Maury in the southwest part of France. That would be decent with some candy. We're recouping our energy from last night. Pretty wild night taking the kids around our townhouse complex and then into the neighborhood just down the street. Our kids, our two-year-old went as a... Spider-Man. Spider-Man, which he says Batman. He says Batman, but it sounds... Goes, it goes Batman. 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 But Batman. It, but it says it's Spider-Man. Our four-year-old was going to go as a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, but he pivoted last minute, just like he did last year, to the costume that we bought for him last year, which is a Spider-Man character called Spin... Or Miles so, Morales. So glad someone finally wore that. And there, our seven-year-old was a hot dog. So that was fun. It was a, It's always a, a blast. I think it's especially fun to have Halloween when these kids are young and way into it, really excited. There was some fear going into the, the neighborhood because it's dark. There's a lot more kids. But you can see once people get the routine of it, they understand the ritual, they got really, really into it. So, And one family was passing out whole adult size bars of whatchamacallits, which I haven't had, which was my favorite candy bar growing up. Really? Love a good whatchamacallit. Haven't seen it in years. The wrapper is different. The branding is different, but I cannot wait to dig into a whatchamacallit. Other news going on in the world. The SAG strike continues. Don't know what day it is. The 111 or something. There is some room for optimism. There's some whispers that things are coming to a head so hopefully by the end of the year we'll be rocking and rolling you ready to start off 2024 at full steam i've been spending more time at esther's doing some work Catherine, you and i've been going into work together as we continue to figure out what to do with my car yeah on top of not sleeping and and you now working we also still have one car which is like most of the time fine you know we drive together to work it's cute you go you leave then i take the bus and the train it's fine. It's working out. It's just a little bit nutty. I'm so tired. But having fun. Having fun being... It's, it reminds me of the old days when we first were putting Esther's together. You know, you and I spending a lot of more time running around at Esther's. So it's, it's fun to be reconnected for the first time really for me since the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. To be back. And I'm looking at wine every day and I'm like, what do I want to enjoy? And last week we picked the wine that everyone... Again, it's cold in a lot of places, so maybe you want to enjoy your rosé for the winter. But if you're in California right now going through this warm streak, the wine we had last week and are celebrating on the episode is the wine for you to get. Yeah, this 
Bridge, B-R-I-J, Rosé of Grenache from San Luis Obispo County, California, 2022, is made by none other than Raj Parr. If you don't know who that is, probably the most famous sommelier in America, I would say. He is, what hasn't he done? I mean, he was a brown, groundbreaking sommelier for some of the like most important restaurants in San Francisco back in the day. Then he kind of got on the new California wine movement and was leading up these seminars called In Pursuit of Balance about finding wines that were lower in alcohol, really balanced wines that, you know, promoting a different style in California. Then he's had his own label he, he and, and partnered with other folks on labels like Sandy, Domaine de la Cote. He was partner at Eveningland, among others, many others. He even imports barrels, fancy barrels. I, I didn't know this, but I was reading about that. And of course, he's an author. He wrote Secrets of the Sommeliers. But now what I think is so cool is right before the pandemic, he was kind of like, I need a change of pace. I've been jet sitting around the world, you know, making wine, consulting for people, being a psalm. I want to go back to the roots of what wine is. I want to farm. I want to be a farmer. And so he found this spot called Phelan Farm in Cambria, which is a really tiny little seaside village in San Luis Obispo County. Just it's kind of this like isolated canyon, a couple of miles. The farm is not big. It's 12 acres. And that's where he spends his time with a lot of sheep. And this farm has been converted to regenerative agriculture. And so now what I think is so cool is one of the top most important faces in the sommelier world is a farmer and is practicing and promoting and talking the talk and walking the walk of regenerative farming. And I feel like that is so important for where wine is going in the movement. Now, he the wines from Phelan Farms are fantastic. They originally were planted to Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, I believe, but he's planted a bunch of other stuff since then. Lots of Jura varieties, um, more unusual varieties. There's Trousseau, Poulsard, Sauvignon, there's Mencia, all, of course, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir along with all those, but, um, you know, some really different grape varieties. And because it's so small, those wines are not big in production. We have a few at Esters, but he also wants people to be able to discover his winemaking there and that farm. So he has a project called Breach, B-R-I-J. This is this project, this wine we're drinking tonight, where it's sourced fruit from neighbors that are have really good farming. And he make, can make the wine there at Phelan Farms. And then it's kind of like the second label, but a little bit less expensive. And so this is it. This is the Rosé of Grenache. And it's from the Dubost Vineyard, which is in Passerone Place. Again, as I said before, two hours of skin contact, so really delicate color, pressed right into a big old barrel, no finding or filtering, just really gentle, and the texture on the wine is just incredible. I really can't get over that. I'm sure I've said that already like five times, but he's he just makes good wine, and I'm... And I'm so thrilled that he's making this move. You know, we had him at the Esther's Earth Day event back in April, where we just had all regenerative wines. And he, he was pouring wines from Phelan Farms. But of course, we had tasted some of the Breach wines, and he had some of those with him as well. But, you know, the fact that I'm like, 
hey, Raj Parr is coming. Lots of people want to come to the tasting to meet this guy because he is important in our industry. He really is. The wine is great. The, the texture is great. The color is great. If you're in the mood for rosé, this is this is one. This is it. This is a good one. I also want to say, Raj Parr, we talked about him maybe a month or two ago. You know about what? Storing wine oh underwater. Oh my gosh, we did. He was on the CBS Sunday That's morning right. piece about this company off yeah. Santa Barbara that I've been obsessed with that was storing wines underwater for a he, year. He had a comment. He was talking about it, yeah. And the reason I bring this up is because my parents were in Croatia last week traveling. And they sent Catherine a picture of a restaurant in which they were eating. And they had a wine list. And the wine list was highlighting the fact that they have wines that are stored underwater. Yeah, they said, look at our brand new section of wines aged underwater. This I mean, thing is happening, amazing. folks. Amazing. It is happening, folks. You heard it here after CBS Sunday morning. <laughs> Two years ago. <laughs> Two years ago, we are hot on the trail of this new movement. So that was exciting to me. It, it, folks, if you're out there traveling over the holidays and you go somewhere that has a uh, underwater wine storage list, please send it to us at the long finish on Instagram so we can say we broke the news. Catherine, what's a good wine pairing or should I say food pairing for this wine? Well, it's tough because I was trying to think about like fall foods and I was thinking of like some roasted butternut squash or like some other slightly sweet starchy vegetables that would be good. Even like a potato soup with a little bit of fresh black pepper. That sounds yummy to me with this. Fall salads. I was just thinking some fresh arugula with really good olive oil. This is great with some lighter cheeses, goat cheese. I'm really going on that potato soup though. This is not a this is not a bean stew kind of situation no, no, here. No, no, where can people find this one? Well, you can definitely find it on the Phelan Farms website. There you you go. can find it at Esther's um, and other small wine shops. There's not that much of it. I feel like just a little over 200 cases produced, so not a ton. So go to the website. We'll post that on the show notes. Check it out. Come to Esther's. Come to Esther's. For some wine. Go to the website. Find this wine. Get it. Enjoy it. You will not be disappointed. All right. Let's get to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I will go first. I think I started saying this at the beginning of the year. Time to bring back some wish lists, some goals we had from January. And folks, I'm failing. That's some of my goals. No. Well, I will say this. We had to stop our subscription to The New Yorker because I'm so far behind. (laughs) So I'm rereading, or should I say reading through my New Yorkers to make sure I get rid of this pile that Catherine can't stand. This pile? You mean these? These piles. Piles. Plural. Piles. So I was reading one from June 13th, 2022. Wow, late to the party. It's called The Couple Behind TV's Boldest Shows, and it is a article about Robert and Michelle King, who are a husband and wife team that have created shows like The Good Wife, The Good Fight, and Evil that you can find on CBS or Paramount+. Plus. Very interesting story to hear them talk about how they work as a husband and wife team, which is something that you and I can relate to. Interesting to hear about their sort of later career growth and importance, which I think is inspirational and cool. 
talking about their ethos and faith and stuff like that. It was just a very interesting article. So if you have a opportunity to dig back into your New Yorker vaults and look up the Robert and Michelle King article written by Emily Nussbaum, who was the preeminent TV critic at the New Yorker, I think now does longer perform pieces, but check it out. It's really good stuff. That's my inspiration of the week. Catherine, what do you have? Well, I am inspired today by a trip to the Broad Museum in Los Angeles. I went a few weeks ago by myself and had a day just exploring the museum where I hadn't been in, hadn't been. Can you, can you explain to everybody who doesn't live in LA what the Broad is? The Broad is a modern art museum in downtown Los Angeles, founded by Edith and Eli Broad, who were very, very big art collectors. And there's a collection there. There's a collection somewhere else, mul- multiple locations. They also have theater. There's a lot of shows that come through here. And so the biggest modern museum is in downtown Los Angeles. And I went there by myself a few weeks ago, took the train, had an afternoon, was just totally immersed. And the two older kids had today off from school, random middle of the week uh, day. So I took them. We took the train, which was fun for them. I think they'd taken it once before, but it had been a long time. And just to see the art through kids' eyes is really neat. I wanted to take them there. And I don't think they've been to an art museum before just because the art is so, they have like Jeff Koontz, really big, fun, wild kind of art and that the kids can react to and have an impression of. Also, since I had been a few weeks prior, I wasn't like, all right, I'm not done yet. You know, I was like, okay, if it's going to take us 30 minutes and we're done, fine. But like just their comments on some of the things were so interesting. You know, they're not standing there trying to analyze everything. They're just having feelings and impressions and it's cool. Your trip reminds me actually, I was looking up while you were talking, of a New Yorker article. Oh boy. From back in the day. But I don't have this one, but I remember this article because Eli Broad built the Broad stage in Santa Monica. The Broad is spelled B-R-O-A-D. So it's easy to pronounce it broad, but it's pronounced Broad. And I was like, who is this person? And it came out uh, November 28th, 2010. It's a profile on Eli Broad called The Art of the Billionaire, talking about his collection. So if you have a chance to look up that article, you can be fully immersed in the recent inspirations of the show. So yeah, you can be a billionaire and collect art, and that can be your life. Or you can spend $1.75 to take the train and get free admission to the museum and see all the art. And then go home. Pretty great. All right, that's it. That's it for episode 123 of The Long Finish. Episode 123 is in the books. Folks, we're getting close to the holiday season. If you have a chance to give us a gift of rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show, that would mean so much to us. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Weil Coker, and you can find The Long Finish at The Long Finish. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. We will be back, heading strong into the end of the year. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode, so stay tuned for that. Until then, be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking. Ciao.